0: Hey everybody! It's Friday. It's Friday. Oh, Friday. is it Friday? Uh, tons of news still happening, it. but we're we're making it through the week. We are. And first up, uh, we're talking about onshoring, onshoring some chips and mm-hmm. stopping some exports of those chips. The U.S. is imposing some new restrictions on chip exports to China. Yeah. and then
1: we make a detour, a little uh, detour, and we talk about education and how broken education here is in this country and possible solutions to adding some competition or disruptiveness. To that if we are, in fact, going to build all these factories here and uh, start doing manufacturing again
0: in America in a big way. Exactly. And then uh, we're going to note some pretty shocking allegations against Amazon that popped up on Twitter and are going viral and we think are going to become a bigger story.
1: Yes. And we'll get into that uh, with some uh, trigger warnings uh, when we get to that segment. And then finally, OK Boomer, it's Friday. So some good news about a third space where founders can go and uh, maybe instead of going to college, they can go to this third space and hang out in like a founder library with other aspirational founders.
0: The whole story arc. It's going to be a great show. Stick with us. This Week in Startups is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. A business is only as strong as its people and every hire matters. Post your first job for free at linkedin.com twist. Masterworks is the first company allowing investors exposure into the blue-chip artwork asset class. Twist listeners can skip the waitlist by going to masterworks.com twist. And Odoo is a fully customizable and fully integrated suite of business apps that lets you build and scale your stack as you build and scale your business. Your first app is free forever, and right now Odoo is offering $1,000 off your first implementation pack at odoo.com slash twist. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash twist. All right. It
1: is Friday. We made it, Molly.
0: We made it. Look <laughs> at us in our like somber. We're like, black. Uh, we put our black shirts on. Yeah. I would like to kill this week. That's <laughs> right. <Friday. laughs> oh, Jesus I Christ. Just, I just want you to know that I'm sending you a little hug from my garage studio to you.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I mean, listen, high class problems, right? Um, yeah. Lots of news in the news. Uh, if you haven't been watching the news, it's been like a lot of news.
0: A little bit of a like a, it's like a news. We I started a news Slack channel, by the way, at our organization for our investment team because there's so much news. Yeah, I was like, you know, it seems like it could be useful. Twist taping thing is so great. Sure. Like, let's just keep up on the industry and trends and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right. now I have to now I have to resist the urge to be like, did you see what happened with Ginny Thomas? You know, like that's kind to
1: <laughs> well, yeah. You know, I think with the uh, distractions at work, uh, some people are sensitive to it. Some people are good at multitasking, so you have to always like think that through uh, as a leader yeah. well, oh, in the company. We're just putting
0: in like VC stuff, like yeah. industry. You know,
1: Kind a message it's, up top as to what the intention of it is, like <gasps> things that would professionally idea. develop the organization. Right, like, great idea. here's what this is for so this and here's what it's not for right that's where always gets people in trouble molly is the um creating slack channels that you know don't have a defined purpose or um
0: ground rules uh, i'll say like you know like random bad in fact maybe i'll change the name to like vc news or tech news or important investment news, news yeah notable news. news or something I mean, like nobody's, that. Yeah, nobody's putting in any politics like we didn't that's not the you know it was like yeah would we like a channel where we talk about things that are happening in the tech industry and investing pd yeah i think great yeah i would say
1: put things in this channel that would provide significant benefit for the team to discuss or yep. know about Yeah, something to that effect because you may get somebody who is like oh you know you know that person, like the uncle who forged you every news story? And they're like, Molly, <laughs> you care about the environment. Check this out. This two for one solar panel's for sale in in my local newspaper. And I clipped it for you and I sent <laughs> and it to you with a post-it clipping. on it. Yeah, you got, oh that, my uncle? God. My grandma, got that
0: uncle? My grandma no, my grandma was that. My grandma sent the clippings. I'm that uncle. Oh I'm the that time. uncle now. Yeah. I'm turning into yeah. that uncle. Oh, is this tertiary tertiarily related to you? Here
2: you go.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. It's always great. (laughs) It's always great when somebody gives their screenplay and or business plan for a pizzeria to my dad when he was a bartender Uh... to give to me. And then my dad has to you know, set up a phone call with me to discuss it. And I'm like, Dad, I don't don't invest in pizzeria. (laughs) What am I supposed to do with this person gave me three copies of the business plan? One for you, one for Mark Cuban, one for Elon. (laughs) There's there's one here for Larry Page. I'm like, throw them in the garbage.
0: (laughs) I don't even know that last time. (laughs) They're bound. I understand they're bound. (gasps) They're bound. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, they're bound. All right. Well, anyway, speaking of news. Speaking of news. The U.S., um, of course, recently passed the CHIPS Act, the bipartisan CHIPS Act to jumpstart manufacturing of semiconductors and stuff here in the United States. Now, uh, the Commerce Department, as of today, this morning, has issued new, very strict restrictions on exporting and selling advanced Mm. computing chips chip making equipment and other products to china Mm. so now if you're nvidia say or if you're some uh you know if you're intel or you're an american-based company like micron you Mm. need a special license to export like gpus like really high performance chips um that power ai applications or you know Mm. help model nuclear blasts or guide hypersonic weapons like if you Got want it. to sell those in China or even Taiwan, you now need a special license from the Commerce Department. I, I didn't
1: even know that we were making those here, if I'm being totally honest. like, I, But I guess some of these advanced chips are being made here. I did see that Micron, uh, I, I saw Biden touting that Micron was going to invest up to $100 billion on a chip factory in upstate New York. Now, I always hear these claims mm-hmm. and it's like, hmm. That's a very large number, $100 billion. Like, it, it, I guess it's 20, bi- it's, it's as much as $100 billion, And yeah. they plan on spending $20 billion, I guess, this deck. So, uh, some caveats chip, there to the number. Sometimes they add together, like, big numbers and whatever, but it's still a lot.
0: Chip foundries, yeah. the, the fabs, you know, the yeah. actual um, plants where these things are fabricated, yeah. are phenomenally expensive. Like insanely difficult to build because they're they're basically I don't know if you've ever been to one, but they're basically like clean rooms. Yeah. Do you remember those old Intel commercials where they had the guys walking around in the the hazmat suits and stuff? And it's because these are such high precision. You can't have any dust in there like it's any specific semiconductor facility can Mm -hmm. cost like minimum 10 billion dollars right and then intel and texas instrument
1: instruments those are also um doing massive investments in chip manufacturing here this seems like finally yeah. our government is doing something proactive and smart which means it, the one thing this makes me a little nervous that they have information that this taiwan situation is beca- going to become acute because <laughs> this is an awful lot <laughs> so of spending like, you can oh uh, right? yeah yeah so like they yeah. have inside information that we don't have. I always of think about that do. when people talk about Ukraine or Taiwan. I'm like, well, we have 20% of the information. I don't know. 15? I always think about that when I'm screaming back at my phone listening to Alin. <laughs> well, no, I mean, <laughs> a lot of folks. because they haven't told you. <laughs> I mean, you could know the entire history of Russia, Ukraine, listen to your, your crazy uncle could have listened to every podcast and read every book on this stuff, you know, and, and smart people do read a lot of books and they do have great insights, right. but you just may not know. You're still something. not getting classified briefings. Exactly. And so, yeah, they're all at mar a in the basement. You can <laughs> Good go, point. You can go Good visit them.
0: Point. Actually, <laughs> any of us could read them by pretending sure. to be a Vanderbilt. <laughs> sure, you can go find them. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it, no, I, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Like even the, even a, a high level assumption that China could eventually invade Taiwan is not, never should have been off the table. Yeah. And so this like cutting off these avenues of dependence is really important, but it is interesting that we're restricting these exports now before all these plants have been built, right? Like right now we have a lot of promises. Intel said it would do $20 billion worth of plants in Arizona, but they they, they take years to spin up. Yeah, like We're probably decades. a decade away from full production, so the fact that we're restricting exports now is a little risky because if China in return said, "Okay, well you can't have any chips from here," there's still TSMC, which is in Taiwan, yes, which is still, you know, in the clear, and that's Apple's biggest. Um, that's where Apple makes all its chips, and then tons and tons of companies get their chips from TSMC. But if China did invade Taiwan and all of a sudden TSMC was like not exporting to available, us, available,
1: yeah. It would- we could have that hard could drive shortages
0: a, we could an have issue.
1: phone shortages I, I mean this is one of these very challenging problems like energy chips and yep. energy seem very analogous a- and the s- same with pharmaceutical drugs now when you look at each one of these each country has a different uh challenge we're so lucky here in the united states that we found um fracking and chill. Now i'm not saying those are good things i, I, I don't want to see like you know, some state, you know, fracked mm-hmm. and, and, and poisoning their water tables and all that kind of stuff. I think we have mm-hmm. to do it very intelligently. But the fact that we're not sitting here wor- worrying about winter like Germany is, yeah. is, is, a, is really important. And I, I think this road to resiliency is something every country has to invest in. And this is something like on a bipartisan basis. That we elected Biden to do, he was mm-hmm. supposed to be like this old guy who came from a different era where people could work with somebody across the table and then go, you know, disagree with them about, you know, some, you know, um, cultural issues or whatever, stylistic issues. But hey, it's in Amer- all Americans benefit from energy resiliency, chip resiliency, and pharmaceutical lower prices, and so that's great yeah. to see that they're working together. Finally, these incompetent morons in Washington are getting something done together that is for the american people like we need to be resilient on chips we need to be resilient on pharmaceuticals we need resilient on um energy let's go yeah Yeah. let's go i don't want to deal with any of these dictators anymore it's like this overhang of anxiety and how great would it be if we're like yeah we don't need your chips we We don't don't need your drugs we don't need your masks and what this requires you know what the other shoe that has to drop here is we have to take our immigration system And we're going to need to overhaul it to make sure that we have people to work in these factories, you know, and some of them will be automated, of course, uh, robotics, we get it. But other things require humans. And so we're going to need to let some people in if we we have too many job openings. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business because, listen, we're living in turbulent times, so you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the most qualified, elite candidates. That's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster, and they'll do it for free. And you can add your job and the purple hiring frame around your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They've got tons of simple tools over there at LinkedIn jobs to make screening questions easy. So you can find the candidates who really want the jobs. And of course, you know, they have the skills and the experience all out there on everybody's profile, people voting for what skills people have to validate that for you. I don't have to explain how awesome LinkedIn is and all these features, you know that because you're on it every day. And this is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. And did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? That's right post your job for free at linkedin.com slash twist. That's linkedin.com slash t w i s t to post your first
0: job for free terms and conditions apply. I feel like not to go all like politics Friday, but the other the the other last shoe that has to Mm -hmm. drop is that we have to make the commensurate investments in education. And 100%. that is the one thing we have not done in this country for like a half freaking century. And we were talking, we were talking in our chat about globalization, yes. like we do. Mm. And, you know, there was this sense that globalization will lift all boats, right? That, but and it has,
3: yeah.
0: it has, and it does, sure. but in the short term, some boats mm. sink. And so we yeah, capsized. pushed through, you know, for, in the last 30 years under 100% the Clinton administration the Obama administration these were very pro globalization administrations yeah. that couldn't then or didn't or couldn't get through republican congresses equal and opposite investments in education and training yeah. and retraining and upskilling and and shoring up patching the freaking holes in the bottom of the boats in yeah. the rural parts of this country that then went on to vote for Trump and we're still not doing it like we're still not what's your ma- you have a silver bullet? You got a silver bullet? The chips act with investment. It's just freaking money. Like it's got to what's be your the silver same bullet investment for in higher education because we spend
1: more than any country. Like we're we're we are what's really off here is our spend is absurdly high per student and our results are, you know, mid at best. So what's your solution? I mean, I have Do, a Is that true
0: that, that we sp- are spending? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you pull up a list of uh spending per student
0: education table in the world yeah. Boom. Nick found it. Okay. The U.S. spends more on education than any other country, but yes. students lag behind academically here. Mess. How much? Oh, for crying yeah. out loud. Yeah. You yeah, know, this, this is one I've I've gone down the rabbit hole. In the U.S. in
1: 2017, we spent twelve thousand eight hundred per student on public education. Um, and then we are U.S. ranked 38th in math and 24th in science when compared to 71 other countries. It's so pathetic. I mean, that is a poly. Yeah, I, you know, I saw this problem start. We were talking about this in the group chat. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw this start when I was in high school. Now, I, in 1984, brother Bonte at Severan High School gave me a 62 average on math. 65 was passing. If you mm-hmm. hit 63.5, they would uh, let you take like one test. You got like one final thing and you skip school. Brother Bonty yeah. decided to teach me a lesson because uh Jake Al when he was 13, 14, so I was a little bit of a punk. He gave me a 62 just to send me a message. And my summer was ruined. I had to go to six weeks every day for an hour and a half
0: of math. Uh I, every morning. And it was I'm the with first you. class. I'm with you in math, summer solidarity. I had to do the same thing for geometry. Now, this was a blessing for me. Yeah. Because I realized. It is up to
1: you to not ruin your summer. You have control over this. So I thank Brother Monty for doing this to me. Um, and then I watched as I hired people when I became a business owner over time, basic arithmetic, math, and writing just you know faltered. And people couldn't do basic math. They couldn't do division. They didn't know how to do a percentage. And I was like, what's going on here? And I think what happens, we just made accommodations and we just passed people instead of forcing people to actually pass. And I think this is a great disservice we've done. So now we're spending all this money, but we're Mm -hmm. not holding teachers or people accountable. I think it's competition has to come. This has been a failed experiment for three decades, four decades, I don't know how many decades. It's the only thing I think that does this is a radical amount of competition.
0: I just had a very basic idea.
1: Let me see what you think of this. Okay,
0: Because uh, I know people are very passionate about public school. I don't know where you stand. It's just really complicated, right? There's not a silver bullet, but I'm coming around to your competition. I mean, yeah. honestly. I mean, the only silver bullet I've ever seen At in my life point, is competition. Disruption works. Thinks, exactly. <laughs> so here's
1: my competitive idea. We do an experiment. You don't have to do this in every state. You just do this in one state and see how it goes. You can do it in one city. That really has terrible. Yeah, A city where you have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. You just take like the four most important tests and you tell private companies, come up with whatever service you want, we'll give you $4,000 a student. It could be in person, you could give them an iPad, a laptop, it could be video conference, we don't care what it is. You got $4,000 per student to make these students awesome at math. And you got $4,000 for making these other group of students incredibly, you know, just perfect SAT scores. $4,000 per student. Mm-hmm. And we're going to give you the ones, you know, in three strata, like bottom, mid, bottom, you know, uh, lowest quartile, second lowest quartile, and then you know the, the middle. And we're going to see how you do for each one. Mm-hmm. And depending on how many standard deviations they go up on the standardized testing, I know it's not perfect, but it's something mm-hmm. that is administered by another company. We will give you an incentive bonus if they go up one. Well, that's what you got the 4k for but if they go up to you're going to get an extra 2k per student and we just make it like a marauding capitalist where some founders go you know what some yc founders launch founders founder university founders go i could solve that problem i want six k yeah. per student i'll get every one of those students i'll get a thousand students a year from the bottom to the mid and i'll get six thousand i'll make six million dollars i know how to build that software i know how to build that live video conference i'll have every saturday every day at five to ten p.m We'll have online tutors and we'll have tutors from around the world. We'll pay them a hundred bucks, whatever it is, come up with a really good solution yeah. and crush it because we're not getting our money's
0: worth anyway. No. And I think we're we are. Snowed. I think we're, I think the pandemic could end up being a turning point for education in that way. Like you're seeing enrollment tank. Yes. You know, people are just like, Oh, it turns out homeschooling works way better. That's a form of competition. It is a, it always takes society longer to get where you want them to be. than you, w- or it takes longer than you wish, you know, it's sort of like, like one simple example is now all of a sudden, everybody's realizing, oh, hey, if you start school later, that's way better for kids. It's mm-hmm. like what better for their brains. And the earlier you start, you're talking the more, about time of
1: day. If they I'm get at About literal time of
0: day. Yeah. If you 10 give to five kids, would be better, 10 to five would be perfect for kids and teenage brains, right. And their biology. Yes. But the thing is like, I read that in that Freakonomics guys book. 20 yes. years ago before i even had a kid yeah and, and it's who's like, stopping that hmm. it takes so much longer well not no i mean teachers would like it too it's parents who are driving to school or to work
1: uh well they could drop them off and just have them do like exercise or you know whatever when they get there they could do something sure, other schools than would have to like provide that and da 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 da, da right yeah but why like, are schools eight hours a day wh- Why are they seven hours a day instead of 12 like well they, they exactly. should be open the whole 12 hours
0: Who cares? like now we're just asking those questions right why are yeah. they and, and i mean i'm i'm sorry like i agree with you this is an entrenched system you have we spend all of this money on schools but the teachers i know in public school are literally running donors choose fundraisers to get like a new carpet because that money yeah. is going to administrators and yeah real estate, and all of these things that aren't really, it translates to 15000 per student, that's yeah. not where that money goes. That's that, that, that does
1: not make it on the plate. It's like does some it restaurant where it, like, it doesn't make it on the
0: plate. Right. And teachers are still buying all their own supplies, you know? So it's just like, this Ridiculous. is a busted system. And as much as I respect those teachers, yeah. break it down. Get Uber in here. Yeah, no, I mean, the teachers unions are fighting for the
1: rights of their teachers. That's their job. We get it. But at some point, s- somebody's got to be held accountable here. And it's, it, is it the administrators? Is it, you know, the machine writ large? Is it, you know, the teachers unions plus the administrators? Who knows? Like, all you have to, all you need to know is look at the results at a certain point. I, I don't want to get into like hand wringing over who's most at fault. It's, it's a failed
0: system. It's a failed system. That's it. Yep. That's all like, you need to know. It is. And I say that with all respect to my sister-in-law, the public school teacher, like sure. I was the auction mom who raised money for my school. I have nothing but respect for the people within the system. It is also a failure. It's a failure.
1: Bullseye. And I'm sure there's corruption in there. I'm sure there's incompetence in there. I'm sure there's a bunch of bureaucrats getting paid twice as much, three times as much as the teachers and doing nothing.
0: That's exactly what's happening. When like the Oakland school superintendent got run out of the district because he Mm -hmm. had hired 300 fake employees. This was a school that was under (laughs) state. This was a district that was under state receivership for decades because it was like bankrupt and all this stuff turned out this guy sure had made is. up 300 jobs and basically embezzled the money and you know what he did scampered to dc and got hired it's unbelievable it's not teachers this i is mean why there's the union part for sure but it's not I, individual teachers like I, that's it's I'm the gonna system. get myself canceled here Bust school it. vouchers i i know like it's triggering for a lot of people you know, oh, public school is
1: going to be a disaster if parents are not getting a good product for the sixteen thousand a year The parents who are suffering the most are the ones who can't afford to go to private school. I guarantee you there's a parent or two who could get together five, ten students. And if you gave them that 75 or 150K, I bet you they could create a better micro school. Yeah. Because the schools are terrible anyway. So what
0: do we have to lose? Is that is, is, you know, what this always comes down to? So. Right. (sighs) And honestly, without, I mean, when you look at, like, if you look at the history of South Korea's dominance. Like, it's recent dominance, right? It's sort of right. March to global yes. stage. It all began with a super specific investment in education. Yes. All of it. And we just, we got to, like, we have to do that. And it can't, you're right. It can't just be, like, shoveling money. It's got to no. be a whole system of incentives and outcomes. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it's right
1: now, it's, you know, you, the the really sad thing is they're changing. I don't know if I the New York Times story. I, I didn't read the whole story. I just skimmed it. But there was a story about it. You know i guess it was a chemistry class and like who's responsible like he can't fail students uh and they're not coming in prepared enough i hear this all the time you oh, know that you have,
0: professor yeah the professor is like that was a really that was more complicated than it appeared it's, it it seems a bunch like a of complicated about one but yeah i do hear
1: anecdotally many times people come to college they get in yeah but they're not prepared and it's like we need this person needs a year or two of pre college and it's like well that should have been high school it's like yeah that system's broken so right. the conveyor belt got them into college. The college accepted them, and then they wind up failing on a college, or right. they feel like they're stupid because they're sitting next to somebody. And I was that student. I felt stupid sitting next to certain students, and then I just took control of my own destiny. But
0: well, you know, and, not everybody and, has and that Or ability. It's interesting because yeah. I think that New York Times story, that that uni- university professor story, actually goes specifically to what we were saying a minute ago. Is that that is equally likely to have been a massive administration failure in never dealing with because there's no accountability, right? There's the BS tenure thing and then nobody mm-hmm. ever does any oversight. And it seems like this might have been like a pretty bad professor with a, a whole 90s teaching style vibe right. that was never dealt with administratively. And it took students being like, this is bad. And so you have that. But basically the the end result here, then we we still agree. Busted yeah. system. Busted not system. working. And we cannot win as a country. Without that, it's a disaster.
1: At the end of September, there had only been 158 IPOs in the US this year. That's a 78% drop from last year. So how are banks and institutions managing their capital? Well, according to a recent McKinsey study, major institutions typically have 30 to 50% of their portfolios in alternative assets. And, uh, you know, listen, I invest in startups, that's an alternative asset as well. And I've also put a little bit of capital uh, dipping my toe here into blue chip art. And I'm using Masterworks, the largest investment platform for investing in contemporary art. What they do is pretty simple, they get a, you know, some legendary art piece like Picasso or Monet or Banksy. And uh, you don't need to shell out 20 million. I'm not doing that, I'm not buying a $10, $20 million painting, but I have bought a tiny sliver of one of these paintings, and that's what Masterworks does, and they've delivered an average of 29% net returns to their investors since 2019, according to Masterworks, and they recently had an exit for a 33.1% return in August as volatility rocked the uh, markets, right? So here's your call to action. There is a huge waitlist to join Masterworks, but you can skip the line. And visit masterworks.com slash twist to do so. Once again, masterworks.com slash twist to skip the line. They got the dot com. See important regulation A disclosures at masterworks.com slash cd. But this what's happening in chips, I think sometimes things have to break. And I think it's such a good point. Like, if you look at the chips thing, like people in our government are obviously terrified. Whatever they know about what's going down in Taiwan or a dependency on this has Really shook them, and now yeah. they're doing this. And then Which in Europe, awesome. they're like, What pipelines can we build to the Middle East? Is there any country we can get stuff from? Biden, uh, talking about Biden's good week, he's like, Okay, who's a less abrasive dictator who we can get oil from? And it's like, uh, The Venezuelans, I don't know, like <laughs> know. They, they didn't invade any countries. They're, Right. they're not like storming the beaches slightly less know, bad Acapulco. than the saudis
0: right exactly yeah.
1: sorry okay who, okay yeah. the saudis are uh, uh, opec was you know jerking our chain okay find me another dictator find me another right. dictator who likes money yeah and let's give them some money now of course you don't want to enable another dictator but i would say take the strategic reserves a- and why are we not tripling them we're rich why don't we triple the reserves why don't we have yep. three times as much for the next time this yep. happens you know and uh, Let's build some more nukes. Stop shutting them down. Well, so sometimes you in need a, a way crisis. we are
0: tripling the reserves by investing in renewable energy, which is going to be decentralized, right? I mean, we are Let's tripling go. reserves in a different kind of way yeah, with a massive I mean, investment. That's very exciting. I think I feel like, by the way, remember when I was like, "Did I come here at the worst possible time?" Turns out, no.
1: Oh, For once in my career,
0: a- I have perfect timing. Your with timing is to climate investing.
1: Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. It's it is chef's kiss timing because you know all this money is going to get poured into it on the road to resiliency we need to be all countries do this is the job of the government is to protect the citizens from you know uh unforeseen or things that take planning you know chips are going to take decades pharmaceuticals are going to take years
0: and uh, energy is going to take you know, years, decades, years to decades, you know, maybe not it's going to take both three decades, right? but there's going to be some stuff that happens in years and some stuff that happens in decades and the yeah. decades is going to be like fusion, but, but we're moving a hell of a lot faster than we thought we were going yeah. to. Hey, you All know, right. but before we run out of time, yes. we were, uh,
1: last night you sent me this thread. I was at poker and I saw this thread and I'm, I, I got very distracted at poker. Oh, sorry. Wow. I'm just like, yeah. oh my Lord, you know. This is so dark, and uh, we I, we do need to reserve judgment, of course, on this because mm-hmm. this ha- this thread I couldn't find it in the news, mm-hmm. but the thread has now gone viral, or I would say semi-viral, a couple mm-hmm. thousand retweets. So maybe you could fill people in on what's going on with this Amazon lawsuit and the alleged sixty minutes spiking of a story, yeah, or CBS News spiking of a story.
0: Yeah, this is kind of this is one that you know, full disclosure, we debated whether we should Mm. talk about because we don't know all the details. We know that this thread appeared from a lawyer, a a pretty high profile lawyer who represents a lot of people against big companies. Mm. And she wrote an incredibly detailed thread last night, um, about two things. One, how she is involved in a lawsuit Mm -hmm. on behalf of a family whose son committed suicide on behalf of someone who committed suicide using chemicals that he bought on Amazon. Mm. Um, And the accusation is that starting as far back as April 2021, this law firm started Mm. urging Amazon to stop selling what they are terming suicide kits because there's this Mm. chemical that you can buy on Amazon and, and evidently it's, you know, Amazon's algorithm will recommend you should buy it with this and this and this and they've sort of shorthanded this to a suicide all thing. right
1: so here's what you said amazon was bundling sn this is the chemical yeah uh it's a salt of some kind and obviously
0: sodium nitrate is so the amazon was building was sort of Am- dodging it because i don't want anybody to go and buy it yeah, okay so
1: just as a point of order here trigger warnings uh if you we're going to talk about suicide, uh, yep. self harm, and if you are considering making a terrible decision, please get help. Call your loved, and nobody wants to see you go. So, just get help immediately if you have any kind of thoughts, even if it's just in the periphery. You're, you're worthy of talking to somebody, and we love you, and we don't want you to hurt yourself. But we need to talk about this because it's important stuff. Yeah. So Amazon was bundling SN. This is a specific chemical with other mm-hmm. products to basically create a suicide kit. Okay, so now this is a claim. We all know how that bundling works. You're buying guitars, strings, and it says, hey, do you want these picks? And mm-hmm. do you want this guitar tuner, right? It, it's a very nice feature on Amazon. It's algorithmic, I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they have, maybe they have a human look at it
0: afterwards, who knows? But I, I do think that those bundles are algorithmic. I think so. In this case, we should point out, uh, they probably are. In this case, the recommendation was that the purchaser of SN also buy Tagamet, which is uh, to avoid vomiting up the poison, so oh, yeah. a chemical to keep down the chemical, a mm. personal use scale to measure the proper quantity, and okay. the Amazon edition of the Peaceful Pill Handbook, a suicide manual with an entire chapter on how to die by SN. This was Got the it. bundle that people would be recommended when they go and okay. search for this product. So, so they were like, "That's you should stop that. Now, according to this lawyer again i am
1: yeah and the next piece of this is she's claiming cbs news uh was going to do a story on this and spite. so these are a legend, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know we so we, we just want to be careful here but we want you to know about this news because it's this is obviously going to become a bigger story goldberg says amazon lawyers from perkins that's uh, a very famous law firm told them amazon would continue to sell sn because they can't be held liable if someone uses one of their products for suicide. Okay,
0: I think she's saying this is a th- that fundamentally that Amazon's lawyers, according to Carrie Goldberg, the lawyer for the family, determined that this is effectively like a content moderation issue, like a two thirty. Ah. That if huh. just because this exists on Amazon's site and is algorithmically bundled with these other things, does not make Amazon responsible if someone uses it to commit suicide. Yeah. Um. So. So then she says yes that they were gonna they had been in contact with 60 minutes that they were going to do a story about this that she had you know sought repeated assurances from the producers at CBS that they would actually run with this because it's so painful for these families to talk about having lost someone to suicide mm. but that then they got to a certain point and CBS called and basically said we're we're not going to do the story
1: and it seems like this keeps happening allegedly again we, you know all this is going right. to be um sh- shaken out and uh, we we'll, we'll, we'll get the final um truth here. Um, and from the other side, directly from then I'm sure, and mm-hmm. some press will probably cover this, you know, in, in detail and do some primary research here. A few days after receiving a response from Amazon Goldberg says another person a 17 year old named Tyler took his own life using this SN bought off Amazon. Uh, we did some our producers just did some basic research on it on Amazon. Uh, and reading the reviews, seems like people are using it uh, for reef tanks for coral preservation uh in the comments refining precious metals uh less mentioned in the things and when our producers went to the page its kit was for coral reef stuff so Hmm. perhaps there are actual uses for this so i this is one of these very tough situations where there might be uses for this that are justified and then there might be you know some other unforeseen technical ramifications like
0: Bundling things that shouldn't be bundled with it. Um, And so, primarily, we wanted to flag this because I suspect that this is not the last we're going to hear about this story. It Mm -hmm. is fundamentally a very similar question to many of the, you know, we talk about this in the context of social media all the time, but everything is content and everything is moderation. And if, and even AI generated content, if that, if indeed an algorithm generated this bundle that people saw when they searched for this is, is kind of up for debate in this way. And also it's an absolutely horrible story, right? It's just got it's, it's a very well crafted and very detailed thread about something that is 100% going to get a lot more attention. So we just wanted to like plant the flag that. Yeah. We don't keep your eye know. On this one. We yeah. don't know.
1: We, yeah. And, and, you know, attorneys, uh, you know, uh, Act as a backstop in society, in some cases, to find these edge cases and make sure that they're solved. Other times, yeah. you know, they could be chasing a payday. We, we're, we're open to all possibilities here, but we wanted to talk about it. I mean, I do remember this happened with Google. Right, exactly. People were typing into Google search, hey, how do I do this self-harm thing? And Google came up with, it was, became like a very intense discussion in the early 2000s. Uh, you, you must have covered it at CNET yeah. or remember that discussion. And what they did was this wonderful thing. The, the industry got together and decided, you know, what would be good is people type the stuff in to put a suicide hotline up there, exactly. and then to put stories and direct people to areas where they uh, can get help. Same thing happened at Wikipedia. People were looking for methods and techniques to do bad things. And they came together as a group and said, Okay, we can't not have a page on the topic of suicide. So we're going to have a thoughtful uh, way of directing people who might be at that page for a, a wrong reason because some people might be at the page for an academic reason but mm-hmm. there also might be pe- or this is like there might be people for the coral reef reason uh and you just have to think it through
0: so mm-hmm. yeah yeah also it's terrible
1: it's just an and it's really heartbreaking heartbreaking but you know I, I i'm assuming the people at amazon have good faith i would just i'm assuming that like i don't know but they should definitely get out there in front of this and figure it out. And then also CBS, like
0: really there. I can't say I'm surprised about that at all. Yeah. Well, you worked at CBS, right? Was CNET owned by CBS when mm-hmm. you were there? CNET was owned by CBS. I'm not surprised. I mean, I, I will tell you, I was aware of similar Amazons. Amazon is very aggressive with news outlets. Oh, really? Very aggressive. In fact, I, at the New York times, know Someone who was kind of taken off the beat because wow. of sustained pressure. They didn't like
1: the beat reporter. Amazon used their influence to pressure, pressure, pressure. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Very aggressive. Wow. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not in the least and CBS is a media outlet. That's, you know, I mean, I'm not. Yeah. I could see that happening. I could imagine that happening. And it's, it sort of ends up being this like doubly disappointing thing.
1: Well, I mean, if you don't know the Jeffrey, uh, we weekend uh 60 minutes Right, you can look that up but it was the um what was the movie uh the the insider really mm-hmm. amazing movie about tobacco and so you know I, I, this doesn't feel like a big tobacco level scandal but it definitely um yeah the insider's incredible film have you seen that russell crowe
0: no yeah may, mm, maybe oh you gotta yeah. watch it this weekend oh,
1: i okay. mean anybody if you haven't ever if you've never seen this movie i think it's like russell crowe's best performance along with gladiator um he put pl- he pr- basically he plays the uh person who did the research on how bad tobacco was for you and right. then you know his research got canned and then oh yeah he was the, he
0: was the original whistleblower yes totally i have seen that um, but maybe yeah. clearly i need to watch it again um, so anyway, all right. Now Twitter is the uh, the whistleblowing platform of choice in some ways. It is where, uh, yeah, it's a very important platform. I understand, and
1: yeah, <laughs> it's very important that we keep that platform. All right. you know,
0: it, operationally tight. Let's make a let's make a hard tone turn here. Okay, let's do it. Yes, sorry. Um, because it is Friday, that is all the news we have for you today. We mm-hmm. will be keeping an eye on that story over the weekend and beyond, but right mm-hmm. now. We got OK Boomer, we got Ami and on two co-founders of this community group called Versi joining Rachel this week on OK Boomer. Versi is this really interesting uh, experiment that kind of goes back to our education conversation. They're trying to build a physical space and community for college age kids, age 18 to 25, who are not going to college.
1: Listen, if you're a founder or an employee at a startup, it's critical that you become capital efficient. Fundraising is tough right now, so cutting burn is really important. And one great way to cut costs is to run all of your SaaS apps on one platform, and that's Odoo. Using Odoo's suite of business apps means you won't have a bunch of messy SaaS subscriptions. Everything you need is already on Odoo. All you have to do is turned on when you're ready. And they'll only charge you for the apps you use. Odoo has over 40 main apps and over 16,000 apps from their open source community. We're talking about sales, talking about accounting, marketing automation, HR, website builders, and so much more. And this will streamline your business. No more issues transferring data back and forth. And you'll have one customer support contact across all your apps, not 20. Odoo is the only software your company will ever need. You're going to get more done in less time and save a ton of money. And here is the best part. Your first app is free forever, and Odoo is offering a $1,000 credit on your first implementation pack. So go to odoo.com twist for $1,000 off. That is O-D-O-O dot slash T-W-I-S-T. Okay,
3: Boomer.
2: I understood the assignment. Thank you so much, Ami and An, for coming on this segment of OK Boomer. Ami and An are two of the co-founders of Versi, which was the first place that has ever asked me to moderate, which was awesome. Um, A ton of people I know have been talking about Versi. They've been talking about going to co-work at your guys' space. And I'm sure with New York City Tech Week coming up, you guys are going to be talked about a lot more. So I thought this is probably a really good time to have you on. So again, thank you guys.
4: Howdy, howdy. Thanks for having us.
2: So first things first, what is Versi? Because I know it's not just a co-working space.
4: Basically, short, short TLDR is um, that this, behind every like progress-driven dynamic society has been a library-like institution that serves as kind of like a cultural collision hub um, that ends up like catalyzing uh, a lot of this debate and learning and um community and academic growth um so like examples of this have been the greeks um with acropolis or india with nalanda or um, the bauhaus library in germany uh, but currently there aren't that many kind of library like institution- institutions um today universities and schools are not really able to fulfill this role in society as much um and we're in the age of like uh, a lot of self-directed learning, um, a lot of dropouts, uh, a lot of entrepreneurship. There's a lot of free information that, that's being democratized. Um, the classic example that On gives a lot is, um, kind of like MIT courses being available to a lot of people now, um, versus before they were only available at MIT. Um, and so we kind of want to build, uh, libraries of future where, um, we have kind of a new learning environment that blends community with physical space, resources, and visualized programming. And kind of be able to build these libraries all across the world, um, basically these cultural collision hubs in um, in every city.
2: So I have a question about, um, you're talking about libraries here, right? So when I think of libraries, I'm a part of the New York City Public Library. It offers like a ton of things outside of just renting books. I rent audiobooks through their app. Um, they host like events that you can go to. They offer free resources what makes you guys different than somebody wanting to be a part of something like a community library in a city?
3: Yeah. So like, uh, for context, Ami and I both kind of dropped out. All of our friends dropped out, built our own companies, built our own sort of like successful projects or organizations on the side, um, that grew into like, um, our entire careers and livelihoods. Um, and one thing that we noticed we were missing was just like this, the kind of support, the kind of like socialization, the kind of community, um, that exists within something like college or something like basically like a community of like, like minded people that are all working together to to achieve something, right? Like we had no resources to, I guess, drop out or chase this like unconventional path. Whereas um, in college, if you're on a conventional path, you have teachers, you have tutors, you have um, peers on the same on wavelength and, and trying yeah. to bounce ideas off of each other to go reach the same goals. But if you're someone that wants to start their own company, what do you do? Like you go to an incubator maybe, um, but a lot of the stuff that I guess college provides could be reshaped and reformed in this new age of like infinite learning, infinite information um, of individual career paths, right? So instead of a library where you just get books or where you get like maybe some programming you get, um, say you're starting a fashion brand, the ideal version of Versi is like you have a vision or a goal of your life and a passion and mission that is not catered to you um, via traditional means, uh, but you still want to pursue it. So We'll help you with basically the infrastructure to drop out, to chase that dream. So um, examples like a fashion brand, we'll find you fashion mentors, we'll find you, um, help you build like a manufacturing base, help you do all these things that are aligned and we can help you on an individual basis rather than um, like a cookie cutter, like you go through school, you go through a curriculum. What we have the most experience in is like, is like startups and like um, tech entrepreneurship. So like if you come into our program, we'll help you find investors, we'll help you find talent, we'll help you find um we'll like coach you like all of us to build tech companies we can all help each other build tech companies um and kind of like mentor each other it's much more like the infrastructure to chase your own path rather than is just like another building of, of books and uh, some social life programming
2: yeah this is a, such a this is such a good idea i did graduate from college i feel like sometimes I'm, I'm an anomaly in the little tech world i don't meet that many people that go to college nor do i meet that many people who went to a state school I went to Penn State. I loved it. And one of the big reasons why I liked it was that community factor that you're talking about, um, because the school really is kind of in the middle of nowhere. There's not too much happening around it, except for the beautiful town of State College, Pennsylvania. Um, you really do have to like engage in the school, whereas if you went somewhere like NYU, you're surrounded by the city, so your community looks a little bit different. I think having these like focused communities, first off, I think they're motivating. Like I was around a bunch of other people that also really enjoyed their time at Penn State. My college was called IST and a lot of people like aspire to do things like in the tech industry. So that's really nice. But also kind of like you're talking about with the infrastructure of like the mentorship, you have that in a college. And I never really thought about that. How of course a ton Mm -hmm. of our friends have been able to drop out, start companies, but finding that mentorship is a ton harder when you're surrounded by kids um that are our age and not people that have had experience. Are the people giving this like mentorship and this advice? people that are our age or are they people that have maybe like a few more years under their belt? Like where are these mentors coming into play?
3: It's kind of both, right? So when you think about college, like I think you get the main value of like instruction information from two different sources. Um, one is like the prof- professors that are just like, this is their domain expertise, right? People that have that have seen a million iterations of this subject and they can guide you along like the broad strokes. Um, but then the second value of college, and like, I think the main value proposition of college is actually the community and the network that you build. Um, it's just people, the peers you learn from and like the people on a similar ambition and path as you, that you can kind of align and go together with, right? Like, um, Ami and I have been in hacker houses where we're all just like building together. Like, I don't know how to, like, maybe like position this widget or something. And someone that's sitting across the table with me is like, Oh, I, I know how to do this. It's used to like, it's a very easy fix here. So I think it's twofold, right? Like if you assemble the right amount of people together, that's already a miracle in itself. And you can already create a lot of magic. It's like spark SC or, or like, Stanford's entrepreneurship club. if you put the right people together they'll make a lot of magic anyway and then the second form of that is like while that's super valuable you also would benefit a lot from people that just like seeing a bunch of reps like just like like vps at important companies that that just like want to show you like the the they've just seen enough you know they, they it's a different kind of mentorship that someone super experienced like that offers so i would say both
2: got you That's awesome. And with these like spaces, it almost reminds me, you already mentioned Hacker House. I was about to say this reminds me of like an extended Hacker House. But it also kind of reminds me of like co-living spaces. So we recently had on Ben from Goal House and Goal House is this really awesome like co-living space. Do you guys ever see like first in the future getting even into like co-living? Or do you think these libraries and these like communal working spaces are really where your focus is.
4: Yeah, I think uh, at the end of the day, like, lifestyle is something that, that we're focused on. Um, so like, right now, we're really not focused on co-living, but um, eventually maybe, maybe we'll think about it. Um, I think what, what matters most to us is creating these collision spaces. So whether it be in living scenarios or whether it be in working or um, you know, while you're reading or while you're, you're um, just meeting other people, um we just want to create those kinds of spaces and the, the best way to do that right now in, in our opinion is to be able to build these kind of like library like um spaces for other people and so we're not kind of like crossing it off and I have a huge background actually in co-living but yeah um for now we're not we're not also um, pursuing it full time
2: in so I guess that has to uh I can bring up the how you and I met actually. I met Ami in a really cool way. I was at Miami Hack Week and Ami had a house of people, which was really awesome. And I was like, "Who organized this?" And I thought, going into your house, I was like, "Oh, this must have been like I don't know, like a company and organization." I didn't know that it was kids under the age, like some people are teenagers. By you know when they're setting up these houses at um, Miami Hack Week, and I'm not sure if it's just that Hack Week where in particular where it's people that young setting up houses. But you you have a ton of experience in not only setting up co living spaces but setting up events and you know now with versi like this really does seem like such a natural path so it's really cool seeing you get into this um i think this is a really cool time to mention your background and An's background because you both have really really cool things behind you and this i don't want to say versi seems like expected but it really makes sense that you guys are part of you know making this happen
4: Yeah, I can give like a really brief um, background. And um, also, I think um, some other team members and some other members on our our team also have like a really interesting background. Um, So I want to highlight that as well. But um, I grew up between um, Tokyo and New York, um, attended actually like public school in both places. I actually didn't like really touch tech um, most of the time. I, uh, was in, like, went to music school and, um, to soccer. And, um, that was kind of my main focus for most of my life. Um, I then kind of emerged into tech, um, uh, end of high school, beginning of college. Um, and originally started working in startups, just to, like pay the bills. Um, but then kind of started, like, building a lot of these, like, student entrepreneurship communities, um, helped, like, build and scale about a, a bunch of, like, ed tech SaaS startups and kind of getting into the group of, like, these growth and community roles. And then for the last two, two and a half years, I've literally just been um, doing a lot of these like community type roles, whether it be um, launching digital communities for like politicians or celebrities or um, setting up like a bunch of hacker houses, like you mentioned, or content houses, or um, working with a bunch of consumer companies. Um, it's all been kind of around uh, like, how do we empower young builders and, um, creators and um, just people who are ambitious and are, are dreamers. Um, and so that's been like the last two years, uh, three years for me. Um, and I dropped out of school um, at some point uh, while I was doing all of that.
2: Very cool. And An, uh, how about you? Did you did you have a, any time?
3: Uh, mine, very abbreviated version. In high school, I started a mentor program for low-income students, about 100 people, serving about 1,000 or so low-income students, around... Kansas, Nevada, then uh, went to Northeastern, kind of studied like five different things at once. (laughs) Um, And I actually went on a co-op program. So Northeastern has this really cool thing where um, it's like, it's very experiential focused. Like every student goes on like two to three co-ops, which are like six month internships instead of going to school for a semester. Um, And I ended up going on a co-op at JPL in um, L.A. And instead of going back to school, I just dropped out and started my own company. And I started the company online on discord and I had to learn all that other stuff (laughs) on my own. It was really fun. Um, so I, I recently left that company because I didn't find a sense of like community of like young people to build with. Like, I kind of miss like being at school or being with like my group of like hacker houses, of like building with young people. Like I need that energy. I need that, um, ambition and drive. And it's just like, it's different. Um, And it's like a lot harder to do alone, especially like COVID was happening. It was a lot harder to do alone. And with like, I guess, older people. Um, and so I kind of just like focused on building with my friends, um, after leaving that and Ami was working on this thing and I was like, Hey, like, this sounds really interesting. I want to, I want to help out. Um, and we kind of found ourselves kind of like facing the same problems as like young builders are not properly networked. They have no idea what to do. Um, it's really easy to help them. You just connect them and kind of show them what we've learned in the past year or two, um, give them really cool experiences. Cause like we're young, like we're, we're all broke and like, it's pretty easy to please. Like if you put us all in a hacker house in Miami, like that's sick. Like that's like a lot of value and um, a lot of magic happens there as well. Um, and so that's kind of how I came across and I started working on podcasts of like young builders. And nowadays I just like focus, on how to help young people work on stuff that really matters instead of like the more traditional paths that they are, I guess, forced to do usually.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Very and you, uh, I have to say, you have one of the coolest websites, personal websites. <laughs> I always joke yeah, that you, um, you know, the easier, like, not even a joke, this is pretty serious. I'm like, yeah, the more the more simple the website, the easier it is um for somebody to like go and remember. And obviously. So it, it bugs me sometimes when I see. Dot XYZ, and I know now it's pretty popular, but at the time, um, like two years ago when I first really started seeing people use XYZ, I was like, Oh, use, use.com, <laughs> yours is just on v u which is nuts.
0: Yeah, and
2: you guys have versi.com. How the heck? <laughs> How did you guys get that URL? No, people, like that's no people, uh, Do you have know. to buy that off somebody?
3: Uh, yeah, we did buy the versi domain ban but the. Like, it's not
2: versatile, versa. is it yes yeah, it, it is that's versa. Versa. oh my gosh that's nuts
3: yeah. but it what it isn't a word so like it's, it's a bit cheaper like if it feels like um like i don't know uh universe.com it'd be it'd be a lot harder to find but since it's not an actual word it's just like sounds like a officialish word okay um, it's a lot easier to get um and actually vu is like from some like island country that i have no idea existed before this <laughs> um i just look to see if it existed and it was like when I first signed up for it, it was like the domain registrar page was like in pure HTML, like vanilla HTML and like not styled at all. I was like, this is the sketchiest thing. But if I can get on.voo, that'd be that my life would be made. And so I like put my, put my credit card in and, and like hope for the best. And it actually, it actually panned out. So
2: I'm like <laughs> that's, looking that's right now to see if there's R-A-C-H dot E-L, like E-L. That sounds like it might be a domain. All yeah. But like that yeah. is that is really cool. So P-O-D very cool that you guys got the domain for um for versi but you said this already versi is not a real word um i did some research before and there's like some stuff that's like kind of correlated with it but i'm like okay like what is why versi what does it mean And why did you choose it
4: yeah um i can there there's there's two two thoughts around this um one is um we were really shooting for like Thinking about a lot of universities and how can we innovate on traditional higher education, um, and so universities and cities is, is something that we're like thinking about a, a lot as well. Networks, okay. right? um, and so the combination of the two um, was something that like we we thought might be interesting. So, obviously, is kind of the, the, that natural progression. Um, okay. The second. Funnier part of that story is we actually um, cross-checked with like SEO, and we also cross-checked with um, a bunch of other things, but essentially used GPT three to generate Versi no um, way. and. Hmm. Yeah, I then so, saw, okay. saw how much so domain was. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so we, we just like, yeah, literally use GPT-3 okay. and versus one of the results. And it made the most sense in terms of like branding and also SEO. And also, um, the domain was super cheap, um, for like dot com and everything else as well. Um, and we were able to negotiate that down. And, um, yeah, but it also just made sense in the broader sense of, um, totally. kind of, tackling this this non-traditional pathway for higher education.
2: Yeah. So like what next thing you're going to tell me is like Dali made your guys' freaking logo out here. Um, How (laughs) many people are actually behind your company?
4: Um, So we have four full-time people right now um, and just uh, amazing um, team of part-time people as well. Um, so, So around four people. And then, um just like amazing community members and amazing friends and, and it's just a village of people um who are just uh, empowering us and empowering us and um in the space all the time and i'm um, contributing so um yeah can't do it without them so i yeah. uh, super grateful for them
1: thank cool. so, you
2: yeah i i love going <laughs> to your guys's uh co-working yeah. space i've been there now like i said you guys are the first people that ever asked me to moderate anything which has been cool love seeing um people that I come that. out to to listen like this last time uh okay boomer guest previously jules chirp she's come on twice now is a really good friend of mine and really knowledgeable in this space and one thing that i noticed about the people that even came and listened is nobody was on their phone when we were talking which felt really really cool so you guys are obviously bringing in some pretty engaged people or maybe uh jules and i and cleo um had a lot of good things to say but regardless it's I think you guys just are just so movies.
3: interesting
2: yeah that's May- it. maybe uh-huh. you're just a killer of, uh, <laughs>
4: moderation yeah. maybe you're I just like know. an amazing moderator you guys
2: have great people coming in they're serious about what they're doing they're really respectful the space is awesome it almost gives me um i would say like we works give off like millennial vibes like you go and i'm like mm-hmm. oh man this gives me like i don't know it's obviously different If you're if you're younger, and for me, like I graduated during the pandemic. So working from home and is nothing crazy because I've never worked from an office. So when I go to a WeWork and I see people that are going to WeWorks because they a lot of them miss, you know, going into the office. And this is pretty broadly speaking. Um, I don't feel that like I I like working from somewhere. That's not my bedroom, obviously. But like I don't have that need to like go into an office. So a lot of the things that are catered in WeWorks um, to like replicate that office feeling I never had. So going to Versi in some place that people understand that, like I, I never work, bur- like I, I have like a call booth, but other than that, like I don't really know what I want in an office space. You know, you guys really are awesome with um, hosting events and doing game nights and other things. And for Tech Week coming up, do you guys have anything planned?
4: Yeah, um, a lot plans. So uh, we're doing awesome. like um, co-working every day. And so we're opening up our unique Squarespace for kind of broader community to be able to come in and, and use it during um, kind of off times or times they need to work in between events and stuff. Um, but yeah, we're also doing like a bunch of events. Um, so doing like a panel with um, GC and TMV. Um, we're doing like a salon about network states and community, um, calling it citizenship. 2.0 doing like a lunch with Brex and public and all the dinners and, and everything in between. too. So, um, yeah. yeah, super excited about it. I'm going to be there.
2: Oh, uh, you know, it, you know, I'm going to be there. Okay. And where, cool. if people wanted to sign up uh, for Versi or see your events, is there a Twitter page or a website they can go to?
4: Yeah, so um, Twitter is versi at versi social. Um, and our website is versi.com. So that's V E R C I dot com. Um, and on the top left, you'll also see New York Tech Week. And so we have a whole page around New York Tech Week, um, but also our season zero that's
2: launching soon. So your season what? Zero. Oh, that's kind yeah. of cool. So what's yeah. season zero?
4: Um, essentially we're experimenting with a three month season. Um, okay. so it's kind of like a huge founding membership season, um, okay. where people not only kind of get access to the space 24 seven, um, but we're really kind of honing in on a lot of the program thing. We're, we're speaking about a lot of the mentorship resources and capital portals and, um, everything in between, um, that, that we've spoken about. Um, so, Building that out and building that out with our community and with people is kind of what Season Zero is, is mostly focused on.
2: Oh, that's so exciting! So, really yeah. pumped to see you guys during an, oh, and on. I know you are not based in New York; you're based out in, you know anywhere that's not New York, LA. Uh, so you <laughs> bounce around Asia. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> Where I'm are in you New
3: right York. now? Uh, you're in New York right I'm now. I'm in LA right now. Oh, uh, i'm in, in uh, la right now but uh, yeah I, i'm in new york all the time so okay. I'm, I'm sure i'll see you guys yeah.
2: awesome and if people wanted to connect with you two uh about events or you know checking out the versi space where can they find you guys
3: my twitter is on.vu but the dot is both so a n d o t v u um versi is at versi social um and then ami has a, a way yeah term than me.
4: my twitter is just my full name so it's uh ami yoshimura That's a-M-I-Y-O-S-H-I-M-U-R-A
2: at an underscore, I think is at the end. Um, amazing. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Super excited to see what's up with Tech Week and can't wait to go see the University Clubhouse again.
3: Amazing. Oh, Thank you for one having us. Oh, oh one, one more thing. thing. Let's hear if, it. If this sounds like you, if you're um, a young builder looking for some of these resources, this kind of community, yeah. our website is versi.com, V-R-C-I.com. Slash apply is where you can apply to join season one or season zero right now um yeah. and so to be, to is there to an you.
2: age gap or anything
3: oh yeah we're, we're just skewing younger so uh, 18 to like 24 26 ish um cool. there's like there's still a lot of magic in, in the young builder that isn't that kind of gets gets messy when you yeah. um have older and um different life situations involved got so, you
2: so under the people, age 25 college, 26 age, okay yeah awesome also our dms
3: are open
4: (laughs) our dms (laughs) are open at any time so
2: we answer
4: all of them so yeah
3: Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) great (laughs) thanks guys